the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, 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 and investing. What's on your mind? I want to ask you on a regular basis, what do you want me to talk about? I can talk about girlfriends. Boring. I can talk about vacations. Ooh, sexy. I can talk about investing in retirement. We could talk about boats. Uh, a friend of mine is selling his boat because he's got like, I don't know, he said, 3,000 miles or 30,000 miles on it, uh, something something is bad, and it's time to sell. <clears throat> it's kind of like the opposite of cars, where you're trying to buy a car after it's been used for two years. He's trying to sell it before it becomes <clears throat> bad, damaged fruit. I didn't know that. So I'm going to let my producer pick what I'm going to talk about right here, right now. Uh, Mike, should I talk about housing shortages or mid-cap stocks that are kind of sexy, or should I talk about things to do before you retire or things that will destroy your retirement? Mike, I'll let you choose. Which one? Oh, okay. He wants to talk about the sexy one, which is cute. Um, Mike is awesome. Um I think everyone wants to beat the stock market, and sexy is the way you beat the stock market, right? Kind of. I get it. You have to take a little bit of chance to get a big winner. And small cap stocks and mid cap stocks are bigger chances than, let's face it, Disney or Nike or Apple. Those are big companies. They're biggins, as I like to say, which was my favorite magazine in my teens. Um, <clears throat> and that's a joke, by the way. Thank you to Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona. Um, stop, stop, stop. Um, I don't want to paint my picture to be that quite yet. Um, uh, it's like my favorite magazine now that I'm more sophisticated is called Jugs, which is all about 18th century, 17th century pottery. 
Um, but I'll let you decide about that. Want to beat the stock market? Uh, you go with sexy. You go with midsize or small cap. And ultimately, the numbers are pretty tantalizing. So you should have it in your portfolio, but you should also know that it's more risk in your portfolio. The Russell Midcap Index has returned an annualized 12.8% from 1979 through basically halfway through this year. Um, that's a pretty big number. So it bested the Russell 2000 Index, which is small cap companies, by an average of 2.1%. It bested large cap stocks by 1.3 percentage points. So the midcap is the sexy way of going about it. So think about mid-cap companies as potentially companies that Oracle or Microsoft or Google, they don't want to buy, but they'll buy if they have to. They'd prefer to buy them when they're small-cap companies. But if you're mid-cap, you've got product and you're doing well. If you're small-cap, you may not have a lot of product, but you're growing fast. So it's all about what you need, and you need to be careful to have a plan and try to stick to it. Uh, you don't want to get into a situation where you're making up things as you go along. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Brexit's playing a big uh, part of the markets right now. Looks like it's going to happen faster than planned. Looks like it's coming. Um, big thing to know this morning, the United States adds 156,000 jobs in September. Unemployment kind of... Didn't do what we wanted, though. The number looked worse because we had more people who've been unemployed for a very long period of time say, you know what, I'm going to start looking for work again. So that's good because that should help put some pressure on wage inflation. So uh, U.S. companies added 156,000 jobs in the month. Average hourly earnings climbed two-tenths of a percent month over month, which was weaker than expected. But the number of people coming off long-term un- unemployment was the story, in my opinion. Big storm is hitting Florida. Um, big losses for insurance companies. Um, and that's going to be the story there. It's kind of interesting because you look at like gasoline prices and Wednesday and Thursday, everyone rushed out to get gasoline. And now it's going to sit in their vehicles for two, three, four days while they don't drive. So in theory, you're like, okay, there's going to be gas shortage. No, there probably won't be a gas shortage because the, the big ships that were carrying gasoline to the East Coast, they're like, well, we don't want to go anywhere near that hurricane, so we're going to go towards Florida. Instead of going up towards New Jersey and New York and Maine, they're, they're kind of cutting course down as the hurricane moves up. Um, so it's not a hurricane that's hitting the Gulf. If it doesn't hit the Gulf, that means uh, the oil rigs hold place. It's a hurricane that's going up the, 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 the coast of the Atlantic, it's going up the coast of Florida. And if you think about it, where's the most valuable property? Beachfront. And it's going up the beachfront. Um, it's going to be a big storm. So a $20 billion insured loss would match the insured losses caused by Hurricane Sandy in the Northeast. And they're looking at at least $20 billion is the expectation on this one. Maybe 25 to $30 billion. Um, that's a big paper loss. Um, that's a big, big unexpected so, and uh, what that means, the insurance company is going to go out of business? Heck no. Insurance company is going to raise the rates, right? That's what they do. They don't sit there and go, oh, okay. So Florida's batting down the hatches. Um, again, some of the quick plays that you could have off of a hurricane would be public storage. Because as your house gets destroyed, you're going to want to store stuff in storage until it gets replaced and uh, built back up. 
this will be one that maybe causes lumber to go up. Maybe. Um, I don't know how much damage is going to be done to houses versus flooding versus, you know, just houses totally going, taken away kind of thing. Um, the other story that I wanted to hit, if I could, is the British pound. And talking a little bit about Brexit, the British pound is crashing overnight in a move that has been dubbed a flash crash. And long-term sovereign bond price is still going down, uh, which pushes yields up. A lot of market participants are already had more than enough to chew on in the front of this morning's employment report for September. So these two things uh, play together, and they actually play together with the Federal Reserve, which is the story of the back half of this year. When does the Fed raise interest rates? What does it look like? What do they hint at that they're going to do in the future? So the unemployment rate was spurred by a jump in the market. Participation rate, that's a good sign as it relates to feelings about job prospects. The Fed's going to take note of that, and the fact that the average hourly earnings growth year over year is about the strongest it's been in the last seven years, the Fed's going to raise interest rates. I'm not going to say it's a done deal, but it feels pretty darn firm. Uh, They've talked themselves into this is the time to do it kind of scenario. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. We're going to be talking a little ice hockey a little later in the show, which I'm excited about. Uh, that time of the season's coming back, although we still have the boys' summer. Baseball still going on tonight. Gigantes go up against the Cubs. I like their chances. Um, yeah, you can say all you want about the Cubs having the best team this year, the most wins, but it all comes down to pitching matchups in the playoffs. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Matthew's going to rank in terms of the costliest storms. That's kind of a winner that you don't really want, right? Um, Republicans say Trump says 70% of federal regulations can go. <clears throat> How do you feel about that thought? <clears throat> right there, the regulations can go, 70% of them. Do we have too much government? Do we kind of all agree on that? Or do we like more government? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. We'll take a break here. I'll come back, talk a little ice hockey, a little ice report. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. It's the Friday Ice Report. Friday Ice Report. What a dandy of a score! Your San Jose Barracuda hockey updates. Welcome in. You're hearing the Ice Report music bring us in, which means it's that time of season, that time of year again as we move Towards Christmas, I think there's 78 plus days. That means hockey's going to get started up. Joining me today, the new voice, the San Jose Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger. Nick, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be doing this every Friday. Yep. Um, hopefully, you can draw some players for me. Maybe a general manager here or there. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. To get to know the, the, the Barracuda players. The Barracuda are the AHL affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks. It's pretty cool that they play in the same building. Yeah, it's kind of like if you were going to equate it to baseball, AAA baseball. So it's you know it's considered probably the second best league in the world. But it's easy for them. If players need to get called up or, or uh, reassigned back to the Barracuda. You know they walk about ten feet over onto the other side and and they're good to go. So it is definitely a convenience. It's definitely a plus I think for the organization. And I think uh, it was a big part in the reason why the Sharks were able to make it to the Stanley Cup final last year, having guys, young guys, are able to contribute 
the night after playing for the Barracuda. There's some stars in hockey, like a Joe Thornton, who probably played one minute in AHL. But then there's players like Joe Pavelski, who played seasons in the AHL and crafted his game there, Logan Couture, uh, just to name a, a few. Uh, so you do see the rising stars. What's the roster look like this year for the Barracuda? Well, last night we had a, a preseason game, and a guy that we signed as a free agent, Doug Wilson did for the Sharks this past offseason from Sweden. Um, he's been tremendous in camp. Thought there was a chance he might make the Sharks. They decide to send him down to the Barracuda. It's it's tough to make the Sharks roster right now. They're so talented, making the Stanley Cup final. There's not a lot of room, not a lot of player availability. But he comes in last night in his first preseason game, and he scores three goals. His speed, his dynamic. So a guy like that, we just named our captain, John McCarthy. He returns for his eighth season within the San Jose Sharks organization. Ryan Carpenter, 25-year-old, who almost made the Sharks this year as well, will be an assistant captain, as well as Dan Kelly. So it's going to be a really young group, but then you get older guys like the captains we just named that are going to contribute and kind of show them the way. Nikolai Goldobin right now, who's with the San Jose Sharks, we'll see if he makes the opening day roster, but he's still with them right now. He was a first-round pick in 2014. Another guy, Timo Meyer, who actually is sick right now, should be coming in the lineup in two or three weeks, and he's going to be a dynamic offensive threat for both the Barracuda and the Sharks. So there's a lot of young, exciting players. I know the organization is quite excited to see what these guys can do and hopefully they can kind of marinate in American Hockey League and then make their way up to San Jose, San Jose Sharks, that is, in the next year, maybe even this year. Who's going to be playing goaltender for the Barracuda this year? Well, Tro- the Tro- Sharks have an opening for goalie this year. Yeah, Aaron Dell actually is going to back up um, Jones with the San Jose Sharks, but for, for the Barracuda, it's going to be Troy Grosnick will return, um, and a new guy we signed again from the Swedish uh, Hockey League, Mantis Armalis, uh, will, will try to fight for some playing time with Grosnick. Now, you look at the size. Grosnick is six foot one. He does have that pro experience in, in North America. This will be his fourth year pro. Um, came out of Union, won a national championship a few years back, but Armalis is an intriguing prospect. Six foot three, 205 pound kid, so he kind of fits the bill in terms of size. You want as an NHL goaltender, but he's still kind of working his way into the North American game. He played over in Europe where the rink is a little bit wider, and, and that kind of throws you off a little bit when you come over uh, to America and all of a sudden these forwards are on top of you and they're in front of you, and it's a little uh, little different and grittier when you got to try to weave and navigate your way with bodies in front of you. We're talking to the voice of the San Jose Barracuda, Nick Nolenberger, uh, brand-new addition to the team. Uh, very excited. The season starts, I believe, Saturday, October 15th? Yep, Saturday, October 15th. We'll start on the road for our first two games, Stockton, and then we'll head out uh, down south to Ontario. And then we have our home opener um, on Friday, October 28th, as we welcome in uh, Bakersfield, the Condors. That should be pretty exciting. Uh, I went to the three games last year and actually got a pretty cool experience. They gave me kind of like the behind-the-scenes experience and uh, got to take some family members down on the ice. And uh, the captain of the team, you have to wear a helmet. He comes up to me. He's like, that helmet bar- barely fits your head. He's like, you got a big head. And uh, embarrassed me in front of my family, which was awesome. Um, but the players were the salt of the earth. Yep. Um, I got to see them warm up. Got to see them come out of the dressing room. Uh, talked a little bit with them personally. Uh, great kids. And, and not just kids, because that makes me sound old, but hockey players are kind of unique. I think some of them would literally play for free. That's the thought. It's, it's something they've been playing on since they're kids in Canada on farms. and uh, It's still a game to them. 
No, that kind of makes me love the game even more. Is it, it is the people within these organizations, the coaching staff and the players. And that's not to knock baseball or any other sport, but I did work in minor league baseball. And it's a little bit different dynamic. Hockey players are cut from a different a different cloth. Um, these guys are genuine, honest, kind of down-home guys. There's no egos in the locker room. I mean, most of them are from small towns in Canada or, or you know, from small towns in the Northeast. So, you know, they come from humble beginnings, and, and I think they're, they're just happy for this opportunity for a lot. A lot of these young guys, you know, it almost feels like they are in the show because they're playing in the same building as the NHL club. They're wearing the same jersey, different logo, different name, but the same look and jersey. So um, for most of them, I think they're just really excited. But, yeah, none, all of them will come up and say hello. They'll shake your hand. And, you know, they're very presentable. And um, it, it's really a great uh, image for our organization. Now, I'm a partial season ticket holder for the Sharks, but I do go to the Barracuda Games as well. And the thing I like about the Barracuda Games is it's way cheaper. Mm-hmm. It's much more family-friendly, affordable. Um, it is family-friendly, um, not as much, I'd say, executive drinking. Like sharks may attract or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, bathroom lines are incredibly short. Food lines are incredibly short. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's a great family experience. Well, with the Barracuda coming out here and playing in the same building as the NHL team, it's a unique situation where they came out thinking, well, we've got a great brand in the San Jose Sharks. I don't think it's going to be an issue to have our American Hockey League team playing in the same building. We should still get great attendance. And I think it was a little bit of a learning curve. when you In minor league sports, you have to come with a different approach and a different kind of um, ideas. In a, in, when you attack it, you got to come with with these fun kind of minor league sports events and, and different stuff to offer. So like you mentioned, yeah, the lines are shorter, the tickets are cheaper, there's different, going to be different game day presentation this year. Um, we have all these specialty jerseys that help out the community as well. But yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun feel to it. It's, it's just a little bit, it's, it's the Sharks, but it's on a lighter scale. That's well put. Um, playing it up a little bit further, season tickets are incredibly cheap. It's something you can go in with a friend on, uh, split the games up. I uh, see a lot of real good hockey, get to know the team. Uh, Roy Sommer, he's the coach of the Barracuda, and he's been the only coach of the AHL affiliate, I believe, since the beginning. He he actually joined the San Jose Sharks, I believe, in 95. For a couple years, he was an assistant coach with the Sharks. Okay. And then he took over uh, the minor league team at the time. They were in Kentucky, the Kentucky Thorough... <laughs> It's something, something in that neighborhood. Uh, it's kind of slipping my, my mind right now. But it, this will be his 19th season. But yeah. he's the all-time winningest coach in American Hockey League history. He broke that record last year. It was a big celebration at the NHL Network out there. But, yeah, he's a great guy. He has a lot of knowledge. He can really instill it on these young guys. And I think for the Sharks, they love that the message that they get from from their coaching staff with the Barracuda is really the same they get with the Sharks. So there, there's yeah. not a lot of a of difference when these guys get um, called up to, to the big club he was fun last year i interviewed him after he got his big win and uh one of the things that he said i said to him i'm sorry you had to get you up at 7 20 in the morning he goes i get to the rink at three <laughs> i'm like you get to the rink at three that's an AHL it's ahl coach for you uh, we got about 30 seconds left anything you want to plug nick yeah well i mean just again we start we start play on uh, october 15th and we can be heard here um live we have our pregame show begins at seven o'clock puck drop will be at seven thirty. again this is supposed to be an explosive barracuda hockey team made it to the postseason last year and they're expecting even a much more talented team so we'll see where they can go People can find out more information about the Barracuda at sjbarracuda.com. It's sjbarracuda.com. We'll hear Nick call games here on AM 1220, KDOW.
Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Doing well. How about you? Doing well. Taking a look around the world and... 2016 will be one of those years that's remembered for various things, as every year is. But we're going through a Brexit. We're going through higher interest rates, maybe, maybe not. Fed Reserve kind of issues. We're going through, at this point in time, a tropical storm, hurricane. Um, And that just comes up with the word disaster in my head. Uh, Do you see a disaster brewing in the stock market as well, or is this just going to be contained in Florida? (laughs) Good question. Well, I mean... Everybody has to always keep in mind, like I say, there's always three, five to seven percent corrections every year, and every five to seven years you get that fifteen to twenty percent correction. And looking at, um, you know, even some of the stuff that we own, it's not like things are on sale. I mean, things are fully priced. Um, a lot of the dividend achiever stocks that are so great for retirement because they pay you no matter what the stock market's doing mm-hmm. um, with dividends. Uh, people have, you know, piled into them and as a search for places to get income that's similar to bonds. But you're talking about low rates. Rob, if we look at the 10-year treasury, I mean, rates have skyrocketed. Now, 1.7%, touching 1.76% isn't that big of a deal historically, but from all the way down to 1.3%, it's quite a move. Um, and also, German bun yields turned positive again. So that was a negative rate situation in Germany, just like Japan. But that's turned positive. Um, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting thing. A lot of companies are doing really, really well. Um, consumer companies seem to be doing well right now. But then we get today Honeywell uh, came out with disappointing guidance. That stock's down 8%. It's pulling companies like United Technology down. And a lot of it has to do with uncertainty in Europe. So there's a lot of positives and, and some things that kind of offset that. Uh, jobs report's good today. I don't know. What do you think about the jobs report? It's good. It was nice to see uh, people come off the long-term claims and uh, jump back into the stock and jump back into the mar- uh, market. Saw a little bit of inflation pressure, which was nice. It's, it's a good number. Yeah, interesting how good it is coming out right before the election, right? <laughs> I think it's going to be hard for Trump to deal with this in uh, the debates on Sunday. But um, one thing that's good is the year-over-year earnings growth, strongest it's been in the last seven years. Um, and there seems to be a bit of attrition. There seems to be people looking at their assets. Hey, my stocks are up. My real estate's up. I'm going to go ahead and retire now. They put it off because 2008 and 9 happened. And now they're heading into retirement because the asset levels are high. And the thing that concerns me is I think a lot of people still head into retirement without a true plan, not really knowing how long their money's going to last. And they don't do a big adjustment of their portfolio prior to retirement. They, uh, you know, go on that Florida vacation that gets canceled and they forget about their portfolio until they get back. And then we have the next correction. So people need to be on top of their financial plans right now for sure. Okay, there's a lot going on there. Let's go back to Trump real quick. He said something today that I found interesting. I'm not necessarily saying I'm voting for Trump. I'm not necessarily saying I'm not. Uh, But Trump said he sees 70 percent of federal regulations can go. Now, that 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 resonates with me. I see government as bloated. I see it as a lot of tax money being wasted. Um, does that resonate with you at all, or is that just, just another commentary that probably doesn't uh, come from? I, I tell you, Rob, I mean, just dealing recently with a construction issue that happens to be by a lake that 
the city and the county don't know who governs the thing. I've literally, I had to write a check for a several thousand dollar permit, and then they said, oh, you don't need to do that. They gave the money back, and then they came back and said, oh, yeah, I guess you do need to do that. And then they said they didn't again. There is so much bloated bureaucracy at the government level right now. True business people need to go in and clean it up. Um, but I think it needs to be true business people that have the ability to bring people together and and lead in an inspirational way versus a divisive way. Okay. Um, I, I'm just disgusted that I have these two choices. It makes me, it literally makes me sick to my stomach. The good news um, is maybe that'll inspire you to run for politics one day. Yeah, one day, one day. Who knows? But you know, it's it's you too. <laughs> no, no, I'm not doing. It. I'm putting it on you. So. <laughs> I'll be your vice president. Rob Rob Black, president. There we go. So let's go back to the economy. And we're talking about Brexit problems and European problems, uh, mm-hmm. Honeywell, sand exposure. Does that mean the small cap companies in the United States are doing well and they're kind of impervious to problems because the jobless numbers are positive? Uh, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, the U.S. is definitely doing well. And the idea of, you know, my son was doing a... Um, Ideal in school, they they it's kind of a bad way to teach kids. But they're like, okay, we're gonna have a competition with stocks for a six month period. So he's asking me which stocks are gonna go up in the next six months. And a true long term investor, true financial advisor is like, six months is not a time frame for stocks. But if you're gonna do anything, pick apart some small cap value funds and look for some some stocks that are interesting to you as a millennial. Um, and, and take a look at them because small cap growth in emerging markets, that's what everybody hated last year, Rob, and they've done really, really well this year. Um, if we look back one year, a lot of emerging market ETFs and, and funds are up about 18% from the September period of last year. Um, and there's still some positive momentum there, but small cap value, kind of the value, the more boring, uh, cheaper, some dividends, it hasn't rallied quite as much as the small cap growth. Um, and yeah, I think that there are going to be more sheltered to unknown slowdowns that's going to result as from, from Brexit. And it's not, it seems things seem to be doing okay, but it seems to be the uncertainty. So like Honeywell comes out, things aren't going as well as planned. Um, there seems to be some uncertainty in what's going on in Europe. And there you go, the stock's down 8%. So we've kind of expect decent things for the rest of 2017. We don't expect calamitous. Uh, but you have heard more and more people come out and say, we're due for a big correction. It's going to happen. A lot of experts, some of them are bond people, and they've been saying that for 10 years. Some of them are um, value people who say, you know, valuations are too high. Uh, what do you think as far as when the market hits kind of a, a bad period or a tough period? And again, for the record, I like bad periods, tough periods. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, having 5 to 10% in cash right now is is great opportunity because, the best thing that you can do when you do have those decent-sized corrections is have some powder dry to jump on those sales. You know, take a look at the stuff that you've been wanting to buy or add to over a long period of time. And when it's down 10%, buy a little bit. And when it's down 15 20%, buy even more. Um, so having a little bit of powder dry. And right now for us, that's um, really on the bond side of the portfolio because bonds have not been super attractive. Um, and and we've been using unconstrained bond funds and in, in retirement accounts and sticking with the tax-free California bonds in the, in the taxable accounts. So um, having some powder dry is the way that you deal with it because even if the feds raise rates in December, which from this report today, you can probably bet that they will post-election. Um, 
it's the overnight lending rate between banks and the bond market has seemed to already priced a lot of that in. But we'll see if we have a big jump in the 10 year treasury. That's what will you know, cause that that bit of a correction from like we had in 2013 with that taper tantrum. Um, but we do have to digest a couple of rate hikes. So I would not go beyond your risk tolerance. If you know your risk tolerance is calls for a 60 40 portfolio stocks and bonds. Um, maybe it's 60 stocks, 30 bonds, 10 cash, and see how the, the rate hike digests it. Don't be 70-30 when you're supposed to be 60-40. If you've got growth in the portfolio that's beyond your risk tolerance, you've got to peel that back because the people that have too much in stocks and then there's a correction and then they panic and sell, those are the ones that make the mistakes versus rebalancing at the top and the bottom. Uh, and the other people that make a ton of mistakes is those that try to go all in or all out. That's that's doomed for failure. Well, that brings up a thought that I saw yesterday that equity exposure for the average American is at its highest level again that it was at like roughly seven or eight years ago. Right. But this time around, we're not in individual stocks. We're in diversified ETFs and diversified indexes. And mm-hmm. therefore, any market down won't be calamitous because it won't be it'll be less speculation on the individual stocks and more. I need to diversify for my long-term goals. Uh, do you kind of agree with where I'm going at with that? A, a little bit. I mean, the problem with it is that everything has come closer to the, uh, the same correlation. So you know, even, let's say, 10, 12 years ago in the business, and you know, this is the 24th year I've been in the business, um, things would still move separately. So, for example, in, during the tech correction and in, in the – uh, you know, shortly after you and I started doing radio together, small cap value in real estate stocks or REITs did extremely well during the tech correction. So people that were fully diversified, um, you know, they, they didn't do too bad. And those that were in just tech got cremated. So I worry more about the single, you know, people that have, like earlier this year, so many people were piling into just biotech. And look at where biotech is now. It's got crushed. So the, the problem with everybody going into... ETFs or indexing, um, I think that's great for large and mid-cap, but I don't think it's great for international and small-cap. Um, and I guess what I'm getting to, Rob, is that a lot of the asset classes, when they used to move kind of different at different times, now they're all moving together. It's a little bit harder to get non-correlated assets than it used to be. Um, so with that said, that's why I say don't go out above your stock versus bond Equity. If you don't know what that number is, you know you can use uh, the what is your risk number on our website. Go to newfocusfinancial.com and kind of get an idea of how you perceive risk in your portfolio in real dollar values, not just percentages. But what is 10% down on a million dollars? That's a hundred thousand um, dollars. How do you how do you deal with that emotionally? You can find CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancialgroup.com or newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. You can schedule an appointment. There's a risk profile metric. There's lots of things going on there, good downloadables, good consumables as far as information goes. Check it out at newfocusfinancial.com.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. Mr. Burton from NewFocusFinancial.com. Let's talk about some rules of thumb in retirement. Everyone wants kind of a pamphlet. They want to make it easy. They want to read, like, here's the five things that I need to do. Uh, What do we need to know about some bad ideas? Well, I think almost all rules of thumb in retirement are bad. It's, It's kind of one of those things that the landscape has changed a lot. Um, I mean, if I want, we, uh, let me list them off, the ones that I think are, are the worst, and then we can talk about each one of them. Uh, taxes will be cut in half in retirement. That's one. Healthcare is free. That's a, a thought. If you draw 4% or less out of a balanced portfolio, you're going to be fine. Um, and I need a million bucks before I can retire. That's, that's kind of the, I don't know if your rules of thumb, but general thoughts that a lot of people have out there that, um, when they're, when they're saving for retirement. So tax is going to be cut in half. Um, I think the general thought that I have is that I'm making a lot of money right now. I'm in a high tax bracket when I retire. I won't be in a high tax bracket because I won't be making as much money. Um, and old people, because we vote, they don't pay as much taxes. Am I, yeah. summing, am I summing up that incorrectly or correctly? No. I mean, the problem is, is that most people are saving the majority, if not all, of their retirement savings now in a 401k that's never been taxed. So when they go to retire, they forget about those projections and that, hey, every dollar that I take out of that thing, I'm going to have to pay some taxes on it. So taxes are typically lower in retirement, but not cut in half or eliminated. Um, There's other sneaker taxes that can happen too, the first couple of years of retirement, especially if people retire and they've exercised a bunch of stock options or sold RSUs or have a large income, their Medicare premiums can almost triple. Um, actually almost quadruple okay. um, for Medicare Part B. So there, there's some sneaker taxes out there. I will say that a lot of people get worried about the state of California and I've got to move, I've got to move, I've got to move. And it's not, you know, it, that's the one that's, that might not be as bad as you think. You really have to run that? some careful projections. Well, there, there's certain deductions that carry over um, on the state return. Uh, it, it's really an individual situation. But you, you don't just have to assume that 100% of your income is going to be taxed at 9.3% or higher. Um, that's not typically the case. If you do your retirement distribution design in terms of which accounts you're going to draw from first, you can tend to keep your taxes pretty low. I wouldn't say cut in half, but you can keep them low. So with that being said, how do you learn about what various states offer and don't offer? Because some states don't tax Social Security as much as others. Some people don't tax it at all. Some people have lower income taxes. Uh, not income tax. Well, yes, true. Income taxes. Sales taxes seem to be a big one that I'm paying a lot of attention to. Uh, how do you factor all this in for a retiree, Chad? Because it's, it's two or three moving parts right there alone. Well, I'd say the first thing is that most people want to retire where they live because that's where their friends and their family are. Um, so the first thing we do is we assume that you're in the, the Bay Area. You know, living in the Bay Area, dealing with the property taxes and the sales taxes and the state income taxes. Can you do it? Do you have enough to actually do that and live 35 to 40 years from 65 to 100 plus and stay in the state and pay the sales tax and pay the income taxes on your IRA and 401k withdrawals? If not, then what's your plan B? Is that reverse mortgage for a while before you finally move out of state? And if so, where are you going to move? 
Um, and pensions is definitely a consideration if you're moving to another state that has income tax. There are states that have an income tax, but they don't tax pensions to the same extent okay. to be favorable for retirees. But most of the time, people are looking at like Washington, Arizona, Nevada, those types of places to retire without the state income tax. When you're working with a retiree, do you have some fancy software that you pay a lot of money for that kind of figures this all out for you so that you, Chad Burton, don't have to go you know, uh, website hopping to figure out all the tax rates? Oh, yeah. It's so, I mean, it, I've yet to see a free online calculator that does tax projections correctly. Because here's the deal. You might plug in, how much do you have for retirement? You might plug in your big fat nest egg number. Yep. Um, and I keep promising to myself I'm not going to use the term nest egg because I hate it. But anyway, but some people have, you know, they might have a taxable account, just a normal brokerage account. And it could have a, a decent amount of money, and it could have either a really low cost basis because they work for like Cisco or Apple, or it could be a really high cost basis, and they aren't going to pay a lot of capital gains. And then they've got Ross and IRAs and everything else, and and the free software doesn't have the ability to plug those numbers in and then manually say which accounts I'm going to draw from first, so that you can do projections and do alternative scenarios to say. What's better? What's better for me? Should I put off my IRAs till I'm 70 and a half or should I start taking some now? Because you have to realize there's a zero, a 10, and a 15% capital gains rate. And then there's about 74,000 of taxable income you can be, have without going into the federal normal income rate of over 15%. Uh, and then you have your standard deductions your um, or your itemized deductions. So everybody's a little bit different, Rob. So, yeah, you need that software because you're trying to go into retirement with the idea that I'm going to be okay. I have an 85% probability of being okay for 35 years. So you better do some really careful planning. It's interesting to say that because I got an email from a guy this week who's 55 plus and he's got about 800,000 and he's taking it from his 401k and he's going to roll it over and he's going to start managing it himself. I'm like... I don't think it's a good idea, and it's for that exact answer you just gave. Do you know a nest egg is, if you have a hen, it doesn't know to lay eggs in a nest, so you put a fake egg in a nest, and it goes, oh, that's where I'm going to lay my egg. <laughs> oh, man. I just, I, no, it's, it's kind of one of those things that, who, who thought of this? And, and nests are the most dirtiest, gross thing ever. I mean, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, Anyways, let's, let's let's get a new term. Me and my uh, woman, we have a love nest, and it's it's fairly dirty and filthy, like you said. I was going to say it's probably pretty nasty. <laughs> it's got, yeah. <laughs> it's CFP Chad Burton. You can always say piggy banks. If you don't want to say nest egg, you can always say savings accounts or reserves, what have you. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy. There's a lot of good information there. You can set up an appointment. You can... Um, Sign up for seminars. You can uh, read articles. You can get blogs. There's all sorts of goodies at newfocusfinancial.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.